Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Waveform. We're your hosts, I'm Marquez Brownlee. And I'm Andrew Manganelli. And today on episode nine, we're gonna open up our subscriber page and suggest some of the YouTube channels in our sub boxes that we both watch. Then we'll dive into the mechanical keyboard rabbit hole, which is exactly what this podcast is for. Then after that, we're finally gonna talk about a topic that we've wanted to for a while. In fact, we had a video planned on this, but decided to hold off and it's just a podcast topic. We're gonna do a little Embargoes Explained segment where we dive into what embargoes are in the tech world and the YouTube world, how they affect creators, how they affect the viewers. Then we'll follow all that up with a Q&A at the end. Let's get into it. All right, you ready for your last podcast as a technically not married man? <laughs> Yeah, I guess. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a great one. All right, so quick recap from the last podcast episode, which was January. Wow, January. This is your flash, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Which was November 1st. A couple videos since then. We can just sort of breeze through these. Yeah. One was uh, LG G8X. Thank you. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) The full name. (laughs) Um, This one was just sort of an analysis of where I think folding phones are, because you saw the phone. By itself, it's not that incredible or standout-ish in a way. No. But the crazy thing about it is it's 699 and it comes with that second screen. Mm-hmm. And this to me sort of proved uh, that the easy take about foldables is wrong. I guess I think a lot about like, the what's the easiest take on something? Like when mm-hmm. foldables start coming out for the first time, the easy take was, oh, these are dumb, it's a gimmick, it yeah. won't last. But I think when you start to see a market slowly mature, you get more and more different options and different ways to differentiate themselves. You have Surface Neo and Surface Duo, and you uh-huh. have Galaxy Fold and Huawei Mate X, and suddenly there's different ways to make a folding mm-hmm. screen and a folding phone and this razor now. And uh, I think G8X ThinQ, as horrible as that name is, yeah. uh, was a pretty big point in proving foldables are coming. So that, that was the title. Yeah, I think so. Also, there are some people who argue that if it has a hinge, it's not a foldable phone. It's still a phone that's folding. It still folds. The screen's not folding. We're never saying the screen is folding, but so I technically, still count that as a folding phone. Would you say technically we already had folding phones with flip phones then since they had hinges too? They folded. <laughs> sure. Okay, folding <laughs> smartphones. Maybe we'll okay. tidy it up to that a little Folding better. smartphones, which is what I'll, I'm just calling foldables, but y'all know what I mean. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so then we had Beats Solo Pro. This one kind of came out of left field and I wasn't really expecting uh-huh. to like a pair of Beats this much, but we got it out the box and I just started casually listening to them. And then it turned into a flight with them and another flight with them. And suddenly I like them a lot. Um, so we reviewed them. Yeah. Uh, have you listened to them yet or no? I guess not. I didn't, I put them on. Um, I didn't get to test them for a long time. I know one of your main critiques on it was yeah. on ear after a long time gets uncomfortable. It's really true. The mm-hmm. The headphones we're wearing right now, the M50s, are like my first ever over-ear headphones that I've really liked a lot. And over-ear versus on-ear is the biggest noticeable thing about these headphones mm-hmm. is they're, they're like clamping like onto your actual yeah, ears yeah, yeah. And, and that's like uncomfortable for a while. Yeah, so I that's do like have... the only reason I don't use them anymore. Mm-hmm. I have to say, 
beats while a lot of people make fun of their quality and how it's like it looks good but doesn't always feel great beats always has great cushioning true they're like it is very soft and very very comfortable i mm-hmm. honestly the days of like beats being the obviously trashy sounding headphones are kind of kind of over i think now you have power beats pro you have the new solo pro or yeah solo pros you have the new studio threes um there's still some older headphones kind of sitting out there that have a weird sound signature but like if you're buying a new pair of beats since apple bought them mm-hmm. they're doing a good job so i'm hoping like they keep this trend up and maybe beats can be the headphones that combine great looks yeah. with great sound someday and big prices big prices yeah well <laughs> that's I mean, always that's, yeah that's probably always the main that's thing that's an apple that's not thing. great about it but yeah but that happens so then we move from that to another pro pair of headphones. Mm-hmm. We have reviewed the AirPods Pro. You guys already know about AirPods Pro. We've talked about them a lot, but the full review is out. I think the 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 conclusion we've reached is these are pretty great and yeah. uh, they're going to sell a lot. Yeah, I don't think anyone's surprised by that. Do you think you'd get AirPods Pro if there was like an Android equivalent of them? Yes. If I had an iPhone, I'd buy AirPods Pro in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, I think that's a no-brainer pretty much. We... What did we try? Uh, oh, Razer sent us those new Razer hammer hammerheads. Heads, yeah, right. Yeah, they were. In- they're much more like the old AirPods, uh, which don't fit in my ear, which is a bit <laughs> yeah. bummer. I actually like really wanted to use them, but they don't really fit in my ear. They don't have silicone tips. Right. Um, but I do have to say, I tried them with video, and I voices matched with video like there was yeah. no lag that i really noticed which is really hard to find in a pair of bluetooth so for that's Android. that's something i want to check out so like everyone's making their own you know totally wireless headphones now mm-hmm. and each of them has their own sort of differenti- differentiating thing about them yeah so google's pixel buds you know the last year it was like oh you can do this translation with them apple made airpods for the iphone we all know how that went uh you have surface headphones surface buds now for the surface products that came out and like you see this going down the line razor comes out they're making their hammerheads earbuds and the differentiator with those is super low latency Mm -hmm. because they're a gaming company and you want low latency wireless and basically want to be able to game while hearing everything in real time um but really the problem with bluetooth like you said is like you're just watching a video and like voices are delayed relative to what you're hearing uh I feel like my brain just has sort of calibrated for that oh, delay man. in a way. I can't. It it's sucks. It's so bad. I can't do it. Yeah, I don't know. I wish I hadn't, but uh, I do notice a difference now when I go back to wired versus wireless. But yeah, that's. Uh, I got to try those out. I feel like that might be an interesting perk yeah. of them. I, I kind of wonder. I wish they had silicone tips. I'd, I'd probably just use them all They're the still time. the hard tips. They're still hard tips. Okay. The case is great. Oh, wait. <laughs> the case is great, except that when you open it, your right headphone is on the left side and your left headphone's on the right side. What? I'm trying to think of why that would make sense, what? but it doesn't. That, that doesn't. I mean, that is like the most nitpicky thing possible. But no, that's I not was just nitpicky. Like, I that's, was like, why? It I don't makes think, no sense. When you're taking out of the case, there's no reason to reach across to, no, that's not nitpicky. That's just dumb. No, yeah. It really, I was just trying to think like, oh, would my right hand reach across? And that, no, because then it wants to. Be in your right ear. Yeah, I don't know. That's a strange quirk, uh, but it weird. is a it is one of the better cases. It's small. Yeah. It's USB Type C. It fits in your pocket, but that is a weird <laughs> tidbit about it. Yeah, interesting. Okay, well, we reviewed AirPods Pro, Beats Solo Pro, hoping for some more Pro products coming soon. But we took a a little bit of a retro look back with one more video, mm-hmm. which was iPhone 11 versus OG iPhone. Yeah, and I had a lot of fun just messing around with the old iPhone to see yeah, what it could still was, do. I'd never I've never held one before. 
That was my first time. That was the second time I've ever held one. Oh yeah. First time I ever even held an original iPhone was uh, at the iPhone 10 event. I held Justine's for like okay. a, a quick minute. And before that, I would had a classmate with one way back in the day. Oh, really? I don't think I ever owned it. It was in high school. But uh, yeah, I, that that's the first time I really get to mess with it. Yeah, it's it's a brick. It's a solid little phone and, and it worked. We we got three of them and all three of them worked. That yeah. was very surprising. They're yeah. they're beat to hell, but I got them on eBay, which was <laughs> uh, sort of a risk, you know. You know, I I, th- I gave up on the idea of getting a brand new in the box mm-hmm. iPhone because that's you're gonna pay a lot more for it, and you're also at the risk of probably getting scammed. Oh, like yeah. you get like resealed boxes, and half of them probably already used. But I just went and just got a used couple of iPhones, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and uh, me not updating my computer saved us on it that did. one. It did. Because when we turned all of them on, they all said connect to iTunes. And we were like, oh man, iTunes isn't a thing anymore. Yeah. Wait, I've been saying remind me tomorrow for the past year pretty much. Mm-hmm. I still have iTunes. It worked. It worked and we got to set it up and <laughs> boot into iOS 3.1.3. Um, so if you want to watch that video, check it out. It's a fun one. It's surprising how much the iPhone still does, but also how similar it is in a lot of design ways mm-hmm. to the new iPhone, just in in what it can do. Also, the camera is hilarious. Yeah, not it's really great. funny. No flash, no zoom, no no, fo- no tap to focus. No tap to focus. We kept trying to take a- photos of you on the roof, and you were just a silhouette yeah. every time because no tap to expose. Yeah, uh, no selfie camera, no video mode, just just a webcam. Oh my, the slowest shutter in the world it took me back to the days of when like removing shutter lag was like a huge deal for some android phones when you you have like a this it would make like a fun noise when you had like zero (laughs) shutter lag anyway good times um all right content we liked i think you had a a fun idea for this one yeah i think we were both kind of thinking if there was one video that really stood out and we couldn't think of it so i decided let's uh let's tell the audience three channels each of us follow that the audience probably wouldn't suspect we did. Three YouTube channels. Three YouTube channels, yeah. Okay. I Do you want to go first? Uh, Sure. Okay. Let's go. Let's All hear right. it. Maybe I'll subscribe to these channels. Hit me. Uh, yeah, they're pretty niche, but <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> okay. All right, my first one is, you know, I don't know how much the audience knows, but I've, in the last couple of years, really loved taking up cooking. I recently got a smoker, and I've loved smoking stuff smoking um, these meats smoking these meats nice. also, yeah if no one's seen that video please look up mark zuckerberg smoking these meats it'll it's, be in the show notes it's, it's incredible. incredible oh yeah we'll put that in the show notes um so smoking super fun takes a lot of time it's one of those things you don't want to mess up because it takes like 12 hours so i i started looking up youtube videos like you do with any issue you have in the world these days mm. um found this channel called t-roy cooks and he's just the most wholesome nice guy in the world with this backyard setup of like 10 different smokers makes these like 10 tw- different smokers yeah all there's all sorts of so he's different a, ones. he's like a reviewer of of smoking not meats he's products. more like it's more like instructional video but he uh. has i mean different smokers different size smokers there's different ways to do it i think the one he mainly uses is the, is the one that i have his daily so, driver his daily <laughs> his daily driver um he makes just really simple good videos, super informative. Every time I watch one, I have to make whatever I watch. I, this past Christmas, I 
bought an uncured ham and smoked it myself like that might be one of the allures of cooking channels that i think mm -hmm. i underrate is like when people follow instructions or diy stuff especially in the beauty community i see this is like the connection you have between teaching someone to do something and them successfully doing it for the first time is like really strong mm -hmm. and so yeah and like food like you know the binging with babish type of channel yeah, yeah, yeah. where like someone makes something successfully and you get to follow along and make it yourself that's pretty powerful that's pretty cool yeah it's just doing the ham i did a brisket this weekend that turned out incredible um and like this is just stuff that you normally have to go down south to to get some good barbecue or something and now i can do it in my backyard and because of this guy it, it's just entertaining and right. i watch it and i i like study it it's weird to say i'm like studying how to cook from him but i am all right all right so there's one rant on T -Roy one channel t-roy cooks uh my next one i've mentioned before i started climbing this year which i've really enjoyed there's a channel called bouldering bobat i'm kind of embarrassed i still don't know what bobat means um <laughs> they're in, they're from the uk so there's a lot of english slang that i just have absolutely no clue what they're saying nice. um but it's fun to listen to Definitely. for some reason. Um, basically, it's just it's a really good mix of people who are really, really talented at climbing, but it's also just this group of guys who are having a really fun time and pandering or making fun of each other and just having a good time while doing a bunch of really sick climbing. And, uh, and the guy who edits all of it, Omar, has a great music playlist as well. So all the music's super nice. on point. You probably won't care about the climbing at all, but I'll... Maybe I'll show you some of their music. I think okay. it's all royalty free too if they're doing it. So I'm you know. super down for yeah. that. Uh, all right, and then last one I have, I think I may have mentioned once, John Boy Media. J O M. He, yeah, J O M B O Y Media. Mm -hmm. He's really like blown up the last couple months. He mostly does baseball commentary videos, but like oh this one. Yeah, yeah, really fun, really niche little plays in baseball. They're usually like two minutes long. One of them was about this. Uh, pitcher who whenever he makes an error he like throws up on the mound oh and uh, all sorts of just like little really funny things but he's absolutely hilarious I don't watch baseball now that baseball's over he's starting to do some like hockey which I, I really really like and then every Friday he does something called fun sport Friday which is just the most crazy sports ever and he just commentates on them I just showed you one before this yeah. uh, some sport in Asia where they play on horses and you throw a dead goat carcass into like a giant hole. Nice. So yeah. My favorite Super part of that fun. was like that's it's you're they're on horseback and they're like grabbing this this literal carcass and like throwing it around and the best part is they were like filming it in like four K and there's like drones <laughs> crossing in front of the shot to get like the aerial view. That was uh that was yeah. pretty inspiring. Meanwhile using that high tech dead goat carcass on yeah the ground. that was pretty wild yeah so all right he's hilarious he's also in new jersey if you ever oh. wanted to uh to Ooh. come on and tell us a little bit about his setup and how he he pumps videos out a lot okay like normally you see someone upload it's one video he uploads there'll be like five videos he could be in this day. building we wouldn't even know he could be because he doesn't show his face right uh no he does show us he has a oh. podcast also he's a big yankees fan so he has a podcast about the nice. yankees that i think he live streams or records but i mostly just watch his his cool. quick commentary videos. They're <laughs> super funny. All right. So uh, I've got three channels here. Mm -hmm. One of them, one of them we've, we've talked about and you already know about it, but I'm subscribed to a certain car reviewer yeah. who reviews every car as if it's a 90s sedan that you're thinking about buying off the lot. <laughs> and that is Doug DeMiro. And he, has this, he just has a certain way of yeah. talking about every single car. 
as if you've never heard of it, but it might actually be worth buying. Um, so I, I, I've watched his his videos for a while. He's super they're, entertaining. They're, they're amazing. Um, and he's also pretty knowledgeable about cars. Like it, it takes a lot to be, yeah, you know. He has to be, it's yeah. crazy. You can't just be entertaining and then not know anything about cars and then you won't learn much from the video. I legitimately learn a lot about like the different heritages of different cars compared to each other and what's actually unique about certain cars. Cause mm-hmm. sometimes you look at a supercar and you're like, well, I figured they all have aero like that. And you're like, actually, no, this is like a super custom bespoke way of doing it. So fascinating stuff. I love Doug Demura's channel. Yeah, he's amazing. Another one that I, I've watched a lot, especially this year, Caleb City. Okay. Uh, he does a lot of, so sketches okay. and a lot of referential stuff, which re- references a lot of anime that I don't actually know okay. about, but I love the style of the sketches anyway. Um, he posts them on Twitter and YouTube and you can watch them anywhere. But, uh, one of my favorites was, (laughs) I think it's called if bugs all like introduce themselves. I think I know. Wait, wait, sorry. (laughs) Go on. Yeah. He starts as like, I'm a, I'm a carpenter bee. I'm a hard worker. I like to, you know, make holes in wood and like it goes around the circle Mm -hmm. with different bugs introducing themselves. And I guess I'm just spoiling the punchline, but it ends with a wasp and I was like, I'm a wasp. I just like hurting people. <laughs> and the sketch, like, timing and the editing, it's all really funny. So highly recommended. Okay. I'm going to have to look that up. That's Yeah. Nice. Another one is a superhuman interview. I'll, I'll show you that one later. Okay. I'll put it in the show notes too because sure. that's pretty great. Last one is a man in, ooh, what country is he in? He seems like he bounces back and forth. I'll just say a man in Europe okay. who reviews... All the most niche stuff about electric cars, mainly Tesla, but also in his own unique way. Okay. His name is Bjorn Nyland. All Bjorn right. B-J-O-R-N. Yes. And uh, a lot of cold weather, you know, driving about measuring the efficiency of a Tesla when the battery okay. gets below zero and like doing range tests. I think he, he did a range test when the, uh, the new Model S came out. He had a friend with the new long range with 373 miles uh-huh. and he said, okay, let's try it and just <laughs> went for 370 miles and see how long it would go. Uh, highly recommend it. If you're into any of the niche Tesla stuff, which I know some people listening probably are at this point, mm-hmm. you're welcome. Uh, check out Bjorn Nyland's channel. They're great. Cool. So yeah, also, I, sorry. Yeah, no, I think that's that's pretty much it oh, for yeah. the channel I was just stuff. gonna say how I, uh, for the audience out there, I, I tried to get Marquez to talk about something other than Tesla by three channels you wouldn't guess, and, and there you go. Two of yep. them basically talk about Tesla. Still managed to work it in. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the way I go here. On waveform, uh, I also I have a nice little maybe a segue mm-hmm. of another like thing that I found I guess online that I really liked this okay. week. I am now using full time a mechanical keyboard. And this is only news because like I've been using computers for 12 to 15 years and never never once stayed with a mechanical keyboard. Mm-hmm. I've had laptops, I've had other like low profile keyboards, I've had chiclet style keyboards, and in the last couple of years with Macs, I've just had chiclet style yeah. like desktop keyboards. And I don't know what even prompted me. Oh, you know I what think it was? I remember, yeah. Uh, I got sent a mechanical keyboard, mm-hmm. and it's it's specifically per, for PCs. In fact, the company that sent it is called Glorious PC Gaming yeah. Race or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And the keyboard was awesome. Yeah. And I, I was typing on it. I was like, these switches are great. It's nice and compact. It's even like cool looking on my desk. But uh, 
a couple things about it weren't quite right. It was a wired keyboard and that's that's common, but I, I was so used to wireless and mm -hmm. not having the clutter. And it was a PC keyboard, so it had a Windows button and it didn't have obviously the, the command and the option button, buttons. Yeah. yeah. So it wouldn't exactly line up. It didn't work. The MIDI controls didn't work for the Mac. There is no brightness up and down. So I couldn't quite get myself to switch to it, but I was I couldn't get over how yeah. much I liked that keyboard. Mm -hmm. So I went back on this little quest of looking through mechanical keyboards for Mac. I had made a few purchases in the past. I had a DOS keyboard, but I never quite settled on one. And then weirdly, I found the Keytron key Keytron K2. Okay. I don't know how to say that. K-E-Y-C-H-R-O-N. I'd never heard of them until you, you got one. Yeah, I mean, I bought one online and the day after I got it in the mail, I got an email from them saying, hey, would you like <laughs> us to send you one? Which is pretty funny timing, but uh, yeah, I got it in the mail and it is pretty much everything that I'd sort of wanted and that's why I got it. It's wireless, mm -hmm. it's low profile, has arrow keys, has Mac keys, has function keys, and it's got the brown switches that I liked and uh, it's pretty sweet. Pretty nice. So, would you, would you call that low profile? Well, I mean, no. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's hard when you're comparing it to the chiclet style, like iMac keyboards that they send with you. Right. It looks gigantic. Yeah. So, so yeah, I guess. if you want low, like actually low profile, meaning on your desk, low key travel, mm -hmm. uh, this is not that at all. No, not not one bit. But the the footprint of it is actually pretty small. I didn't get the one with the number pad. All the tweets and comments are like, "What? I love number pads. Yeah. Why didn't you get one?" I don't know. I had a number pad. I used it sometimes for like I have like a financial document I type in sometimes. But other than that, I could go without the number pad. Yeah, for sure. So I got the one with arrow keys and no number pad, and I'm a fan so far. But you've been in this this gaming world for so long yeah. that you've you know way more about mechanical keyboards than I do. Yeah. I'd say I've, I've used them for a long time. I don't know how much more. I've never gone like into the deep nitty gritty of it, but I've definitely used them for a while. Um, so you see my setup now. Am I missing yeah. anything right now? Like I have, all right, so here's my setup right now. Mm -hmm. It's the Keychron K2. You can, you can see it. It's got an aluminum frame, uh, brown switches, and I think they're Gateron brown instead of uh, Is that, Cherry I know MX the, brown. Um, the glorious one they sent before were Gateron. Yeah. And, I mean, they really didn't feel that much different. Than, yeah. Well, there's probably some uh, some mechanical keyboard people out there like, you think Gaterons feel the same as Cherry? Uh, so this to is me, all very new for us. Yeah, I, to me yeah. they do. So yeah, that, the brown switches. And then I took some other keys from the glorious PC Gaming Race keyboard. I took the letter keys mm -hmm. and the escape key and the arrow keys from that keyboard. So uh -huh. I already have, quote, custom keycaps. Oh, so I feel like I'm in that world right now. Okay. Uh, it's wireless, it's got Bluetooth, it's got RGB, but I don't really care about that. It's like, I just could go with white backlight and that's fine. Uh -huh. Is that, am I am I set? You're further along than I've ever been. Oh, I, wow. I mean, like, I've tried a bunch of different switches. I The first mechanical I ever got was, I think, a some sort of cooler master probably like one of the cheapest ones they sell and it was browns and i i loved it um mm -hmm. just like being able to really feel when you're pressing the key when you're playing game i think is the main reason people really like mechanical keyboards it wait let me bring this over okay i think we should have a a whole a whole mess of them and do a little keyboard asmr but we'll do so what are these these are browns these are browns they sound here i'll just point the mic at it All right, so those are browns. Pretty sweet. Yeah, they they <laughs> definitely have a, no, a clank 
to them. Uh, like they're very tactile. You can feel it. They're not the most tactile. Here's what I learned actually mm -hmm. about these. So the actual switch is not that loud, uh -huh. but just the way I type with a pretty good amount of force, the sound you're hearing is actually the key cap colliding, colliding. with the base of the keyboard. Uh -huh. So if I had, I guess, something like a blue switch where it was like really tactile, you'd hear two clicks every okay. time I typed. Well, well, we have a blue. We can bring it over. Let's do it right now. All right. Let me, hold on. I'm just going to go grab a bunch of keyboards and we'll... Uh, this is turning into what I thought gonna it would. This is going to be a total mess. But it's let's... perfect. Okay, here it is. Yes. This, this is the first... This is the DOS keyboard you brought over with the blue switches. Yeah. This wait, is... can we put your browns next to it? Yeah. I want to hear blues next to browns. So this, this DOS keyboard with blue is like the first mechanical keyboard I ever tried for Mac specifically. Okay. It's like the first result on Amazon when you search for it. This okay. is what the blues are. Okay, cool. Now go to brown. So like, that to me is like a pretty subtle difference when I'm actually typing. There's a, I feel like it's a subtle difference when you're just like, what, what you mean feel-wise? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. and feel and sound. Like I, I noticed the, the little clickierness of the blues. There's way more of that like, yeah, that click. It's more click it, with the blue. The blue is more satisfyingly clicky, mm -hmm. but to me a little too loud. It's too much for sure. Yeah. Um, I. I feel like blues have your own office if you're ever buying blue switches. Yeah. I think uh, also if you're getting razor, I think they call them green switches. I, I'm pretty sure it's very similar, but they are definitely the loudest. Browns are a nice in between of like uh, blues and reds. I think it offers a little more tactile feedback, uh, a little louder than red, but a little quieter than blue. I think it's a really good in between. The reason I switched from, so I originally had browns and then I went to reds. The reason I switched is because I was living in a one bedroom apartment and my fiance, our bedroom was right on the other side of the wall for <laughs> my computer. So yeah, she's a teacher. She wakes up super early in the yeah. morning. So browns were pretty loud. So I switched to reds because they're quieter. I actually wound up loving them. Not just, at first it felt a little mushy, but the noise is quieter. And on top of that, people talk about like, fatigue, which I hate saying fatigue while I'm playing games. But if you're at the computer for a really long time, typing for a really long time, it's real. Having a little less uh, like feedback when you're pressing does get nice. Interesting. Um, okay. So I switched to reds. I absolutely love them. Then Steel Series actually, uh, they found out I played games from the podcast, so they sent a couple things over and I they sent a keyboard. I wasn't really that excited about it because as far as I know, it's some sort of proprietary switches that have something to do with depending, you can set each switch to how far down you press it to activate it, which mm. is cool, but I don't I don't see a need for that and how I play games. And then I started using it and I, I really loved it. It's a little mushier, but I don't know why. I just, it feels really smooth. So I'm gonna show Are you gonna a little, it? yeah, we're gonna do some more. Let's hear it. Ooh. Coming in hot. That's <laughs> pretty solid. Right. You know, it's it's interesting what you're saying about fatigue because I was trying, I started with red switches and I found that because they were a little bit mushier, I was pressing like all the way down every time and like lifting all the way up. And the more I typed, the more fatiguing that actually was. 
Okay. Where the clickier ones, because I didn't have to push down as much and reach up as much, it was less fatiguing you to like, type a you lot. You feel, you know when you hit the button, so you're not worried that you're missing the button. Right, I, I was typing more deliberately with the okay. reds, and I was typing more like touch typing with yeah. the others. Okay. I mean, that's a good point. I, it might just be getting used to something. I have to say, when I first switched to reds, the, the other thing that kind of throws me off typing-wise is at work, I use a chiclet style. Yeah. Um, just like during the day, first of all, if all four of us were using mechanical keyboards in here, it would, It'd you would just have a, a headache all day. <laughs> like the ibuprofen we would take in here would be astronomical. Oh, yeah. Um, so chiclet style for everyone in a workplace is really nice. Uh, I've gotten really used to it. So then going back and having this like more raised keyboard, but just playing games was so much better on it. I didn't have to type that much in games. Now I'm playing a game where I type a little more in, so switching to this one, I've gotten more used to it, and it's, I would claim, even mushier, but I've wound up really liking that, and I feel like once you get used to it, yeah, you're not, like you said, slamming on keys to make sure it gets pressed. Uh, all right, so I'm gonna do that one before we just used, it was a Asus ROG, I forget the name, I'm sorry, but they were red keycaps. The one I was using at home was a uh, HyperX, something t uh, tkl the 10 keyless ones i really Still like that serious. form factor uh tkl is great that um you lose your numpad you still have your arrow keys you still have your home page up page down print screen buttons um do you so use print screen <laughs> i use print screen that's for whatever reason this new steel series keyboard that i got that i'm going to let you listen to in a second does not have the print screen button i know i can remap it but it's like my one the one thing i dislike Whoa. about oh and it doesn't have a braided cable. Yeah, yeah, that would have been nice. I'm kind of bummed about that. But otherwise, I'm in, I love this keyboard for some reason. So okay. let's take a listen real quick. I'm ready. That does sound really satisfying. It sounds, I want you to try this actually. Um, it's gonna feel really weird after blues and browns, but I don't know. Even my uh, my fiance tried it and she's like, oh, these feel really mushy. And I was like, I'm so proud you used that word. <laughs> like that's. I don't mind them. Yeah. I don't. I, I I like them more than reds. I think Did, reds were. I I initially picked red literally because I was like, I like red. Red's a good color. Let's try red. <laughs> That's <laughs> a good color that yeah. I don't ever see the actual color too. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah. This this is kind of nice. Red turns it's, out to be my least favorite like keycap. Really smooth, right? Yeah. 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 And it's got nice keys. Like yeah. they seem pretty durable. There's so something about nice. it. Just like it just feels really smooth when I'm typing or or playing a game, and because of that, I've just yeah, I've yeah. really grown to like it. I'm sure there's a lot of uh mechanical keyboard buffs out there who do some really, really cool stuff that are just oh, furious. Oh, I don't even get me started. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. so. I, I think this is this is the cool part about Look, it. I got into this world and like every time, this happens every time, every video we make, every single time I dive into like a little bit of a new topic, immediately after my inbox is mm -hmm. filled with, don't forget about this yeah. or wait till you find out about this. So like, you know, I'll interview a CEO and then my inbox has five more requests <laughs> to interview their CEOs. I'll talk about a PC case, and then my inbox is filled with PC cases. It makes sense, it's just like, it's a little late, I can't like include the things in the video. Mm -hmm. But sure enough, I tweet about or I share this new mechanical keyboard I like, and the world I'm exposed to is like, 
you know, YouTube channels dedicated to hour-long live builds of making a keyboard mm-hmm. from scratch with like every single switch and key and like custom artisan keys and different material choices and all the all the panda keys and all the other key switches I didn't know about like yeah. this this world is awesome. I'm super it's really cool. super new to it, but I I was exposed to a whole lot and I'm very excited. Yeah, I think uh I think the real one of the really crazy things is like custom keycaps and not just like like custom keycaps for everything, but they make these like artisan single keycaps that people usually use for like the F keys or the escape key and I have this ones. I have this custom escape key right now that just says ascend, yeah. but I I have, have been you seen the ones that are, they're like cheeseburgers or like yes. pokemon i saw a gengar someone, one that was insane and someone who makes one of those has promised to make an mkbhd logo escape key that's so cool and uh i can't wait that's uh, gonna be really cool yeah, yeah it, just like diving into youtube is is pretty crazy how people make all these and, and it's cool because you can make it literally exactly how you want to if you get into that which is going really deep um yeah i know one there's one YouTube channel called Ski with Pete who's pretty local and he does he does live streams of just building and it's he a has thing. a pretty good following. Yeah, it's it's really it's really cool. I wish I could get into it. I know it's a time and money sink that I don't think I'm ready for. So right now I'll just use my gaming yeah. keyboards, I guess, but but one day I hope I have some times. Maybe when I get old enough instead of doing model trains, I'll do mechanical keyboards. <laughs> that is that is that going to be the tech model trains? Yeah, I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. Being uh just building your own keyboard from scratch in your woodshed in your in your backyard. Yeah. yeah. I mean it wouldn't be wooden probably. Hopefully. <laughs> but that sounds like a pretty sweet hobby. You heard it here first. When Marquez and I are retired, we're going to be building mechanical keyboards from wood. in the retirement home. It'll be great. So yeah, I'm in this world now. Um, I'm happy to be a part of it and feel free to send me all kinds of other custom mechanical keyboard stuff. This is something that will probably end up in a dope tech episode in the near future. All right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about our main topic, which is embargoes explained. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smart Water Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun, but it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that t-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once-in-a-lifetime memories that will last. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like architectural sightseeing, snorkeling excursions, sunset cruises, and so much more. With Viator, you can reserve everything from simple tours to thrilling adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Whether you're a foodie, a history buff, or an adrenaline junkie, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you can have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. 
One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. All right, welcome back. Welcome to Welcome to Embargo's Explained. This mm-hmm. is the rabbit hole we've all we've all been waiting to go down. Yeah. So, have you ever wondered why sometimes you log onto YouTube and suddenly there's eight videos right at the top of your sub box all about the same new product. You ever wondered why that happens? Have you ever left a comment saying, did you guys plan this? <laughs> Have you ever tweeted at the creator asking if this was a collab, even though it really wasn't? This is the result of an embargo. Mm-hmm. What is an embargo? Well, there's a lot of different versions. We're gonna talk about sort of the way it works in the tech world because it's sort of a curious way it works and maybe get in the weeds about it. But this happens in other industries, um, other product industries. Mm-hmm. Generally, NDAs are very common, but uh, let's talk about it. Yeah. So what? Uh, I'll just start with what is an embargo and we mm-hmm. can go from there. Sure. So an embargo is uh, an NDA, which is a non-disclosure agreement with an expiration date and okay. time. That's basically what it comes down to. So you might be a tech company and you go, hey, we have this new product and we'd really like to show the world, but we don't want any of our competitors to know about it. So we're gonna make people who see it ahead of time sign a non-disclosure agreement, which means they can't share anything about this. Mm -hmm. But eventually when the product comes out, they'll be able to talk about it. So we'll have it expire at noon on Wednesday and then they can talk about it. Yeah, That's basically what an embargo is. The embargo is that date and time. What happens a lot in the tech world is uh, a company will use it basically as a tool for press. They want to brief you and show you their new product before it comes out. This is sort of where the meme comes from. (laughs) Hi, my name is Marquez and I've been using this for a month. Um, Of where they'll show you the tech product, they wanna get it all out there, but they want it to be a secret so they can launch it first and then anyone who's seen it beforehand can talk about what they've seen. Mm Uh, so you might see uh, a bunch of people go on stage for an event. I'm going to try to do this without talking specifically about companies, and we'll yeah. see how far I get. But <laughs> um, you might see a bunch of people talking on stage about, let's say, a new smartphone that's coming out. And wow, all this is new information because it totally didn't leak. That's amazing. The event ends, and then boom, the embargo, which is perfectly timed to when the event's supposed to end, mm-hmm. will drop and then everyone who's seen it beforehand, which is your six favorite tech YouTubers or your 16 favorite tech YouTubers, Mm -hmm. will all publish their videos at once. This tends to happen because when the embargo expires, it's generally in your best interest, if you're press or a YouTuber who has sort of created a piece around it, it's generally in your best interest to just publish right at the embargo. You don't have to, that's the thing. You don't have to. And this has been a, a case a couple times where a product will come out and um, our video is not quite ready yet or there's one or two other things we want to include in it. And so I won't publish right at the embargo, but maybe wait a couple hours or a day or two, finish the video and then publish it. But that's generally what happens. That's why it might seem like notification spam or your sub feed getting taken over by random products some days is because, yeah, they're, they're, companies are really smart about uh, when to make their embargo and mm-hmm. then who to share it with. Yeah, they wanted to add on to the hype. A lot of times you see it after events, like you said. So what's more exciting than to have the event? Everyone gets excited for the event, which are a lot less exciting, I feel like now, because we see because the of leaks. leaks. Yeah. yeah, leaks have kind of ruined that. So, the, But they ultimately want the event to roll out. You get your first look from the event. 
and then right after all of your favorite creators are posting videos. So you're probably gonna watch three or four videos on the same product again right after. It's possible, yeah. It's, it's a good way to add some hype along with, you know, just keeping it secret beforehand. Yeah. But. There's a there's also different ways that different companies will use embargoes. And they'll they'll also make like sort of different types of embargoes. Mm -hmm. And it's a really hazy world because some companies do it way better than others. And when yeah. I say better, I mean they're just more clear about it. Um, but uh, here's an example, a no-name example. Yeah. Uh, a company is coming out with a new, we'll just say phone, it's a new smartphone, and they know when their launch date is gonna be. It's gonna be December 1st, right? Yep. And they want to share this with a bunch of YouTubers uh, a week beforehand. They wanna share the, the product with them so that they can take videos of it, make their first impressions, but they're not allowed to review the phone until a second embargo on December 5th. Yeah. So now you're the YouTuber and you just, you know, you've gotten the product, you've seen it, you've got your first impressions of it, and they may even send you home with it, but you have an NDA to not talk about it until the 1st and an NDA to not review it until the 5th. Mm -hmm. On the 1st, do you publish your first impressions or do you just keep waiting because you already are basically review. reviewing it for the fifth. That's a decision that a lot of people in a lot of different states in their YouTube channels have to make. And usually the, the answer, which is a business decision is both. Yeah, Just do mm -hmm. both because when the phone gets announced on the first, that's like the hottest day to talk about a new product. Yeah. That's when everything's coming out. That's when everyone's looking it up. Oh my God, this is new. Here's my new information about it. Um, and then it sort of dies down and then it goes on sale a week later and everyone's sort of gotten their information from the impressions but haven't seen reviews. That's when a review will come in but it'll sort of be late. So people yeah. are already looking at what they wanna Sometimes buy. Sometimes it's weird. I feel like you usually see reviews scheduled around the actual, because we all know like release dates are generally a week or two after the launch event. Yeah. Um, it's, it's always better to me at least if the review embargo is before the actual order date. Mm -hmm. It just seems to make the most sense. Like people want to see an actual review and know about the product, not just see it before they make an order. So it's weird when... It's a sort of a clever move by the company to make that second embargo because they're making a second wave of press, right? Yes. So if, you, if they just said the embargo date to talk about the phone at all is the first, mm -hmm. then everyone who'd been using it for a week would review it on the first, pretty much. That's yeah. like generally how it would go. But by creating this second embargo of like, you can't, but they'll have some language like you can't evaluate it until the fifth, you can't mm -hmm. do any comparisons until the fifth, but you can give the specs and the fact sheet and what's actually being yeah. talked about on stage. So yeah, it'll be like, well, okay, I'll talk about everything on the first, but then I still wanna review the phone, so I'm gonna talk about it again on the fifth uh, or sometime after that, and it becomes like a, a tool for the press to use. And I've seen, Products with three embargoes, which is hilarious, but there's, yeah, it was a camera feel, embargo. Okay, <laughs> it was like a a second feature I don't even embargo. Remember that? That's crazy. Yeah, so it's uh, it it's sort of a confusing spot to be put in sometimes. Yeah, that's the thing is a lot of them are are super confusing. I think we had one that was, you're allowed to do like your unboxing and show the phone off, but you're not allowed to show any of the new features unless you took the film of it at the event. Right. 
like yeah. we're going so nitty gritty into that. Yeah. It's like you have to expect someone's gonna just accidentally mess that. Oh well, that's oh. a whole nother thing. So yes, <laughs> sorry. So, I just got well, no, no, no. Yeah, early. we can talk about that. So yes. So like, if that example is that's a thing where like you have a product, there's a hands-on impressions area at mm -hmm. the event. Oh, okay, great. You can take as much footage as you want there. You can review it there for all you want yeah. to, but like I don't know how good that review will be. Well, yeah. I mean, they've had. A lot of them, when they do those hands-on places, your embargo is basically lifted the minute right. you get there, right? So we've seen people, I've seen Austin and his team editing on the street in New York. Yep. It's insane how fast they get some of their stuff out. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that causes a little bit of chaos. Sorry to interrupt you. I just like- Yeah, no, that, that yeah. just means people are trying to, as soon as they're allowed to get some footage of something, take advantage of that. Yeah. So that happens. Immediately, and this, I'll talk about Apple because I think that's a that's a pretty classic version of this. But yeah, in this scenario, like you are allowed to do whatever you want with the device on the hands-on area. And then also we will give you a device that you can leave with, but you cannot use that device to review until a second date in the future, mm -hmm. which means they you know, may have different software on it. They may have different you know expectations for how close that is to the final retail product that's the retail box all these other things um i guess generally it should be pretty clear ideally but we'll go to the second point which is that people mess it up all yeah. the time uh -huh. and there's seems like there's no real repercussion for it i've been pretty good about not i'm probably jinxing myself but i've been pretty good about <laughs> not breaking embargoes on anything uh for a while because that's there's no great reason to if you want to leak something like now you're a leaker. Great. Yeah. Congrats. Um, yeah. So that's that's sort of where we're at is like people do mess it up and it's sort of a shrug, maybe a slap on the wrist. I don't really know what happens. There's probably yeah. something in an inbox. But uh, yeah, it just happens. <laughs> There's a lot, a lot of things to take account of. Yeah. I, I think I can think of one. I won't name what it was, but we accidentally put something in a video that wasn't the main subject of the video that was under embargo very few people caught it. I think it wound up the next day coming out of embargo. Okay. Do you remember what it was? Oh, uh, I don't remember what it was, but I think I'm remembering what you're talking about. Yeah. Where, yeah, the next day, uh, well, the, the, the next day we just got an email that said like, hey, you're allowed to talk about this and yeah. blah, blah, blah. I think they mentioned that the video and that they liked it. I think they, I think I found that yeah, I think I remember this. So I found out that the embargo had dropped the next day and mm -hmm. I realized that the product appeared in a video when they emailed me saying thanks for the shout out and I like scrolled back up and like read the date again and I was like, wait, <laughs> this was early, but they thanked me. That's weird. Uh, and then they're, yeah, they were like, yeah, feel free to review it or whatever. But that was that was pretty yeah. funny. For anyone wondering, it, it wasn't very interesting. It wasn't it was, like a phone I, or something. It's just the only thing I can think <laughs> of, yeah, that we accidentally showed previously. Yeah. Sometimes it gets to the point where we get packages all the time. It's hard to keep, and a lot of the times they come from PR companies who don't put the embargo in there, they'll shoot it in an email, but our email is destroyed every single day. So it gets tough. And and I'd say every time somebody comes over to collab with us or we're just trying to shoot like an Instagram story or something, you do this solid check of like, wait a minute, <laughs> look around the room. Is there anything in the frame can, that I can't? Yeah. Can people see this? No, yes. Got to reshoot that. Maybe the move that out of the weird. way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Should I blur that? Yeah. Uh, it's true. Yeah. We sort of have a mini procedure now where every time a new product comes in and we all sort of do the rounds of checking it out, we all always have to go, wait, can we share this? Yeah. Let's just make sure. And then uh, 
will usually come up with a date or a yes or a no. Um, yeah, I think um, a lot of people wonder about the phone stuff because that's that's sort of where the meme was born of like, I've been using this for a while. Here's how. Here's what I think of it. The question is like, well, what do you mean? How have you been using it for a while? Mm -hmm. That's uh, that's something that companies have found that it makes a lot of sense for them to do is they will either give you, uh, yeah, like a smartphone, for example. So yeah. they'll give you the smartphone um, for the week or two weeks or three weeks leading up to launch. And so by the time the phone actually launches, I don't have just my impressions. I can like tell you how good the battery life is, how good the camera mm -hmm. is, how good it compares. I can review this phone on day one. Um, so they'll have an embargo and they'll tell you, you know, once the event's over, you can publish whatever, or at this exact time, the embargo will lift. And you also don't know who else is beholden to the same embargo as you. Mm -hmm. You always just find out when it lifts. Yeah. Like, oh, cool, this this uh, this other website and these two other YouTubers also had the same product, cool. Um, and I've actually seen that, this is just a PSA for YouTubers, I've seen that get used against people in a sort of a weird way. How so, uh, how so one was for, oh wow, should I just talk about Dyson? I'll just talk about Dyson. So the Dyson integration, uh, which was, maybe you forgot about it by now, but a, a while back there was a, a certain Dyson vacuum that seemed like every tech YouTuber made a video about, but they reached out to everyone individually. Yeah. And I only found out about this by putting the pieces together because of what I watched. But they reached out to me saying, hey, we're Dyson, we have this sweet new vacuum here's our budget, would you like to make a whole video about it? And uh, it's not a, it's not out yet, so there's an embargo mm -hmm. and uh, a time to do that. And I'm, I was like, oh, well, I like their vacuum, but you know, a whole video about a vacuum, not really interested. Yeah, we brainstormed a little bit, but for us, we couldn't think of a, a good way to put it in. Yeah, um, sometimes there's ways to do it. Yeah. Like there are Linus genuinely did it creative. and it was hilarious. Yeah, and exactly. it, it like showed a, a ton of awesome stuff about his studio and he, he still put the vacuum in and it came, it was a great video. Exactly, so there are ways to do it. But at the time I was like, oh, you know, I'm not gonna do a whole video about this vacuum, so thanks, but no thanks. And they're like, okay, cool. Um, but I like I like marked that date and time on my calendar so that I could see like, who did if it? anyone else like uh -huh. wrote an article about this vacuum or whatever. And sure enough, the day of uh, that, that like post to come up, I saw like two or three other videos at the same time as in my calendar. And then like two hours later, <laughs> I saw two or three more videos. And then two hours later, I saw two or three more videos. And it sort of like trickled all day. And I was like, there's no way this is on purpose. And it also happens to happen on the exact hour every time, which basically leads me to believe, and maybe Dyson, correct me if I'm wrong, but they just gave everyone privately a bunch of different embargoes and everyone signed those contracts and everyone was not allowed to publish. Even though it didn't matter, the yeah. product was already out, they sort of used this as a press tool uh, to sort of extend that press cycle. Mm -hmm. They rode the wave a little extra longer than usual because they had videos coming out all day instead of just in the it morning. It worked perfectly. And it worked great. It's, it's <laughs> literally all Twitter could talk about. I loved every minute of it. It just <laughs> it was like, everywhere. Twitter was hilarious that day, just about wondering who the new Dyson video was gonna come out for. And we bought the, we I bought bought the, the vacuum. vacuum. Yep. I love the vacuum. Yeah. I bought one for the studio and I bought one for at home. Mm -hmm. Not because of the videos, but because I like the Dyson vacuum yeah, anyway. This is turning into great, great <laughs> promo for Dyson. Yeah. Um, but yes, I did enjoy seeing all those videos but it, it was fascinating because 
I know if I had signed that contract and I had a video waiting to go live at a certain time, I would have gone live at that time and it would have been somewhere in the first half, but like in the middle of like all of this mm -hmm. unexpected chaos. It sort of brings me back to the early days of YouTube where <laughs> like big brands like, I don't know if Burger King ever did it, but like, you know, one of those huge brands uh -huh. would do like a, a burger video with like the four, this was back when you could do a video with like the five biggest YouTubers at once. Uh -huh and have the budget for it. And it would be like, whoa, holy crap. Shane Dawson, Fred, Ray William Johnson, <laughs> they all did a video about this burger at the same time. That's crazy. Uh, that was like a true YouTube takeover. But now you can sort of do like mini takeovers. So fun times. I think, I think my ideal embargo, if I'm doing a tech product, if anyone's listening, is to just make it as clear as possible. Mm -hmm. And that, that's usually, they're pretty good at it. Like when you read through the contract, it's like, hey, don't talk about it till this date. Sure, cool, got it. Um, and I'm sure we'll have some Q and A's about the more specifics of it. But like yeah. when you get into these weird, like half embargoes or two different embargoes mm -hmm. for the same product, that's when it gets a little weird and you gotta draw the lines in the sand a little deeper, but that's yeah. just me. I'd say ideally review embargo should always be before the order date. Oh yeah. For the, the benefit of consumers, who want, who trust reviewers, or even just want to gauge their own interest based on full reviews, not unboxings. Like, listen, unboxings are awesome. A lot of times you get to see, I, I don't get the feeling of an iPhone from an iPhone commercial because it's perfectly shot in all these amazing different ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, I want to see a couple of people actually having hands on of an iPhone. Yeah. So unboxings have their purpose. They're, they're great to come out on the day of launch events so you can see what other people think of it super initially, but a full review embargo should always come out before an order date because I don't want to not place an order because I don't know what the review's like, see the review, love it, and then realize I'm four weeks back ordered because yeah. I had to wait one more day before their embargo came out. So here's another thing to consider. Mm -hmm. How long the reviewer has had the product yes. before the embargo and what video ends up getting made. This is something uh, that's happened with like, I'll talk about AirPods because that's also a pretty well-known product. But like when you guys saw the AirPods video came out, that was an embargo. There were a couple other videos at that exact time. You guys probably also saw those. Um, but when you have a product like that, that you've had for 12 hours, yeah, you can't review it in 12 hours. No, you have to test all. the battery life and the sound and all these other things. I mean, maybe you can review it in 12 hours, but how good would it really be? Like yeah. that's not up to the standard not that really. a lot of us hold ourselves to. So. Yeah, you, you sort of get a feeling of like, well, I know where everyone else is at. Everyone else got this at a roughly the same time as me, probably, um, unless you're Calvin Harris and you just have the Mac Pro sitting <laughs> in your studio right now. Um, so you can kind of get a judge for like, well, uh, we've all been using it for the same amount of time, but <laughs> three of us reviewed it and the other three have a first impressions because we know we have to test it a little more. That always gets kind of fun. But yeah, we, uh, we yeah. generally would like to have the product at least a week. I don't know, a smartphone, you gotta a use week a week, is, right? Yeah, I, I think a week is pretty much the minimum, but. I could review know. I could review a smartphone in five, six days, I think is is my feeling, because I the, get so calibrated with smartphones. Within like, yeah, I mean, you've been doing it, a lot of people have been doing it for a long time. A week is generally, a week is enough to get your your good review of it, anything else, you would have to wait till like six months to see how it holds up to, to yeah. condition regular everyday conditions, and and if it slows down, anything that happens like that. But 
we're not going to wait six months to review right if my phone if my iphone 10 review came out six months after the phone came out it would be almost useless to people yeah no one would care about about it because we would all be talking about the next one already yeah i guess the whole point of a review is to decide if it's worth buying or not so Mm -hmm. the better the conditions of that embargo can be towards facilitating a correct answer of that question yeah the better which is a long way of saying let us really use it (laughs) um yeah, no, that's it's it's a whole world out there. We have a whole Q and A coming up, and we'll talk more about, I'm sure, embargoes and like testing products and fun stuff like that. But yeah, that's that's basically it. Am I missing anything? I don't know. Um, I guess the only other thing I can say is, please, people, when we we put an impressions out, please stop saying this is a terrible review and it's <laughs> short. If it's a review, it'll say review in the title. Specifically, almost every time. And if it's not, it will be in the reviews playlist. So if you're not sure if it's a review Mm -hmm. or not, if it's not in the reviews playlist, it's not a review. It's on the channel. It's like on, it's in the middle of the the homepage of the channel. There's a reviews playlist and an impressions playlist. If it's in the reviews playlist, it's a review. If it says impressions in the title, it's not a review. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. And so this, all this embargo stuff explains that a little better, why we do impressions and why we do reviews and why impressions aren't bad reviews. They're just impressions. They're just first impressions. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we'll take a quick break and we'll come back. We'll do some Q&A from Twitter about embargoes and all bunch of new tech. Stay tuned. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. All right, welcome back. It's time for a little Q&A when we've asked on Twitter at WVFRM what you guys want to know. We'll talk embargoes for a little bit, I'm sure, but then all kinds of other tech, yeah. of course, naturally comes up on Twitter. So let's get into it. And so right off the, at the top by uh, Jeremy, I can pronounce that name. <laughs> How many times do people catch you using a secret device out in the wild? So I guess like an, an unannounced phone. Yeah. Do, I ever, do we ever get caught using it? I think I'm pretty good about not showing what I'm using and yeah yeah it's usually you who who's using the phone beforehand um right so that all relies on you I I've definitely remember sometimes people like oh what phone phone are you using and you're like mm, yeah I, I'll literally not answer yeah you'll um, see it's in my pocket <laughs> and then so like that sometimes I don't think I've ever seen somebody and you would know this better who's come up and been like that's the new x never happened okay yeah yeah so and also the thing is i carry two phones so if i'm using one phone that's under embargo and someone says hey what phone are you carrying right now Mm -hmm. i'll pull out the other phone the iphone uh and usually that's not a problem so yeah i think the only (laughs) phones are not a lot of them are super like unique that you can tell from far away and, and like be positive enough to go up to somebody you don't know and be like is that this i think the only thing i can think of is when iphone 10 came out it wasn't. It was when it was past embargo already, but people just weren't used to seeing it out in the wild, and they'd yeah. be like, "Oh, can I look at that real quick? Like, right. that's a new iPhone. I'm thinking of getting one." And you know, the hardest part about uh, reviewing a smartphone specifically and trying to use it a lot before it's gonna make a video about it is taking photos with it. Mm-hmm. So, like, going into New York City and like and trying to take pictures and put it back away, or like taking pictures from a car or something like that. 
I think that's the that's the time when maybe I don't even know, but maybe people do look and notice the phone. And yeah, because you're like holding it out. In yeah, front you're of like you. holding it out in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, and you so, never yeah. use a case, so it's a lot True. more obvious. True. I mean, usually when the phone's not out yet, there's no cases either. True. But I don't use a case, so that's also true. But that yeah, I don't think that's that's really happened. I do have. I think I might have told this story before. I was uh, reviewing a OnePlus phone, and I broke it before it came out. Did I tell that story before? I'll tell it again because it's pretty great. Uh-huh. I was using uh, it was back when I played for the Philly Phoenix, and I was I drove to practice, and my phone. There's this little like shelf in the trunk of the Model S where you can like put things and then like take stuff out your trunk, and I put the phone on that shelf, mm. and then like took things out my trunk and like bumped the shelf, and the phone slid and fell out of the trunk of the car <laughs> and like landed on some concrete. And the phone wasn't out yet. Not only was the phone not out yet, but I hadn't shot any footage of the phone yet. Um, so I had to go like real quick, ask them, hey, uh, do you have another one that yeah. I could possibly use to, to make this video? Because uh, it got interrupted, we'll, we'll put it that way. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's about that. Here's one. I don't know if you, let's see if you have an answer for this. What's the hardest product you had to keep quiet before a review could go out? Uh, the hardest product to keep quiet about before a review. Huh. I don't... Luckily, most of them are only about a week. Yeah, usually it's not too bad. I kind of remember the, uh, when I first saw the red hydrogen before it was even, like, a real thing. Mm -hmm. Um, that was pretty crazy, and then I made a video, and then got to share that, but that was pretty wild, because no one, that was like a world exclusive, basically. Yeah, and even that video, it didn't really show it, it was like your reaction Yeah, I could show the back of it, and I couldn't show it on, so it was kind of an interesting, like, back and forth, like, what do you want me to show, or what am I allowed to show, Uh because I'll just tell you what I want to put in the video, and you can tell me if there's anything off limits. That was a sort of a unique conversation, where there was no signed NDA, that was Uh just like me and another guy who works for Red. You probably already know who I'm talking about, but <laughs> yeah, that was a that was an interesting one. Um, other than that, yeah, we don't really do anything too insane. It's gotten no. pretty formulaic with smartphones. Yeah, I can think of something that's not. It wasn't an embargo. It wasn't a, a review or anything. But we had to keep quiet, which was when we first did our camera bracket test last year. Oh, like yeah. keeping those results were just like yeah. it was tough. Because we didn't want, you can't show them till the video comes out or else the video is totally pointless. So like, but each week we would go through and we would see the results of everything and be like, most of it was, oh my God, the Pocophone beat something again. <laughs> Holy, the Pocophone, the Pocophone. And it was, it was so much fun behind the scenes and we could just like not share it with anyone. But then sharing it with everyone was so worth it. Yeah. Like seeing reactions of that was, was yeah, that's, great. That's so true. It was our own embargo. Yeah. Our own little embargo of when the Pocophone beat the iPhone 10 in the first round, but like, <laughs> nobody tweet anything about this. This is incredible. Uh, yeah, that was true. And you know what that also reminds me of is we have like stuff in the studio sometimes that's under embargo and I have to make sure to like put it away or not leave it like right in front of the door. Because oh, if yeah. anyone walks by, technically they can just walk in and like see whatever's in our yeah. studio. So that's another thing. We gotta Yeah, we talked about sure. that before of like not putting it in video or like posts we make, but we also just have a glass door. So yeah. And like we're probably one of the more interesting looking studios on the floor. So people just look in all the time and Yeah. 
yeah, I don't know how much you could figure out, but if there was somebody who really knew what something was, they could probably zoom in through the door and take a picture of something. Take one of those so, blurry yeah. cam photos. Yeah. yeah. We like to hide it on the far end of the studio, yeah. usually. 2020, that'll end, though. New studio, new space. Yeah. Nothing leaks from that <laughs> space. <laughs> oh, someone says, uh, Pierce asks, what are you expecting for the Tesla pickup event? Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, next week at this time, by the time you're listening to this. Um, and... When I think about that, like this is one of those few, I'll call it a tech product, but one of those few tech products that really has not leaked at all in any way other than intentional tweets by Elon, basically. Yeah, Tesla does a great job at doing that. And you know why? Why? It's because they own the entire, not the entire, but many, many, many parts of that. Like there will be no fully assembled Tesla truck anywhere outside of Tesla because they make it. So you don't have... Third-party manufacturers, right? Or, so I don't know if that's third-party, but yeah. Well, basically, or, yeah. Like when iPhone, when Apple goes to Foxconn to build their millions of iPhones, yeah, that's thousands and thousands of employees that don't work for Apple seeing the iPhone, handling the iPhone, packaging the iPhone. Mm-hmm. Then it has to come back to Apple, right? Uh, Tesla Roadster 2020 did not leak at all because they don't have to take it outside of Tesla. They build yeah. a prototype in-house. They test it within their own walls and no one out that, outside of the company will see it. So the same thing with the pickup truck, like no one outside of that you know, development team basically, because mm-hmm. they haven't manufactured it yet. They haven't like done, I don't know, parts requests, like they make the batteries and everything. Yeah. The most anyone could know about the pickup truck is like, oh, they ordered windshield wiper actuators from Sony <laughs> or whatever, because Sony makes everything. Um, so yeah, I'm fascinated with the, the pickup truck event. I'm excited to see it. all the renders look like too futuristic that's the thing yeah, yeah he keeps calling it the last thing he said was a blade runner but what he called it cyber truck he literally <laughs> tweeted cyber truck unveil um huh. so yeah all the renders are pretty wild but that's just what they are is just like fan-made renders and people trying to use hints and things like that to assume what it might look like but really the design of this thing is a total mystery it's cool because like rumors and hints that turn into renders for phones usually wind up being very very close because we've seen so many phones we know design choices of companies but this is a whole new space so renders look completely different from other renders and now like we're gonna see a finished product that probably won't look anything like these insane like 2050 looking this is video game trucks this is the first time tesla's had a chance to really flex a new design language Mm -hmm. i think because yeah we all know model y was gonna look just like model 3 And Model 3 has a lot of the same cues from Model S, which looks just like Model X, right? So they have the Roadster with some similar lines, and the semi-truck is, I guess, kind of different. But the crowd that would buy a pickup truck is the, like, exact opposite crowd that would buy a Tesla Model 3 in many cases, right? I guess. In terms of design, you can't really take the front of a a sedan-like car and make it into a pickup truck. If if anything, it would look like the x i guess maybe that's like the closest it could look like i don't know if it will but imagine a model 3 on the front of a pickup truck it just makes I mean, absolutely no go sense. watch simone geertz's video again yeah. of truckla like that's a, a pretty little it's different a, it's a great project but it's an awkward looking car yeah. like that pickup truck is not something I don't it's think awesome she got buy. she got in, it looks like she's getting invited to the oh yeah the event i hope to see her there yeah that's we hopefully will get footage of it as soon as it rolls out and everyone will get their first impressions of it but that is something that I'm excited for that hasn't leaked. I was also told 
I'm taking delivery of my car this week, mm-hmm. and I was told to wait until at least this event to see if anything got announced with Model S. Uh, I didn't wait. We'll see if I regret it. That 100% event's next week. Will. Uh, probably Here comes Plaid. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's coming soon. So I got a question um, from Raphael who asks, how much or what kind of prep do you have to do before reviewing any tech products? Also, hello. What's Hi. up? What's up? Um, so I mentioned earlier, I think I could probably review a smartphone in like six days. Mm-hmm. And that's because I've reviewed so many smartphones in the last 10 years that it's kind of, I have it, I feel like down to a science. And it's an evolving science because phones change, yeah. but like I know I have to test the camera. I got to use it every day, figure out what the battery life is like, get a good variety of sample size with what my screen on time is going to be. I got to do some side by sides if it's got some comparatives that I know it's going to be similar to. If there's a previous generation, I got to see how much better it's gotten. If there's new features, I got to test those, see if they're reliable, see if they're private or not. There's like a pretty solid list of things yeah. that I know I have to do. And then once I've done that, I pretty much know everything I need to know about this phone. And then just do I like it or not? Mm-hmm. What's the price like? Um, I think it takes me longer for non-smartphones because those are things that I go through this process with less often. Yeah. So when this Mac Pro comes out, that's going to be a longer review process when the Pro Display XDR comes out. I mean, there's not much you need to talk yeah, about with Yeah, I guess both of them, like, ultimately, you're still using the same operating system, but something like a Windows laptop. Yeah. That's tough to review, and people always want Windows laptop stuff, but that takes way more time because you use mac OS and i for like everything. to yeah i like to fully immerse myself in this like world of this product so if i do get into fully reviewing something that's incompatible with the rest of the products in my life it takes me longer yeah. to get into that and really review it so yeah smartphone that would be the shortest time for me five to seven business days <laughs> <laughs> delivered and uh, i think the longest might be honestly a car right because that's something you have for like many many years and you don't really yeah. know what you think of it until you've driven it for a month uh-huh. but that's something you yeah you want to last forever and yeah so i don't i don't know if i've ever really done a car review because i've done like impressions of cars and like autofocus we get to talk about parts of cars but mm-hmm. i've never really reviewed a car um and i think things like yeah like windows laptops you get the occasional like computer that's not something that i would typically use or like a boosted board which is like we don't use them all the time. It's really fun to play around with. Some but things have. I don't know how this is going to act as an actual mode of transportation. Yeah, really nuanced feature sets that you figure out when you use them, like over and over every day. So, yeah. Uh, someone, Rudy, asks, "How often do you get approached to test a product without payment?" Uh, Rudy, I have some news. I have never accepted payment to review a product in the thousand plus videos I've made on this channel. And I think a really good disclaimer that uh, I see another YouTuber, Mr. Mobile make is, I mean, he says it every time, maybe he doesn't have to, but it's good that no company that sends him a product to review ever gets any sort of review copy or editing ability of that review before it comes out. And I thought that was fascinating when I first started hearing him say that because I was like, well, of course they don't. That's That mm-hmm. wouldn't make it a very good review if they, you let them change what you say or pay you in any way. Um, so they're finding out what you say when everyone else finds out. But turns out he's saying that because some other reviews do do that. Some other reviews actually let the company edit what they say. Some others are sponsored by the company that makes the product that's yeah. being reviewed. There's all sorts of other things that get into a gray area that I feel like we've totally avoided. Like we just don't do sponsored reviews at all. We try and keep 
as little conflict of interest as hopefully zero conflict of interest. Yeah. It's yeah. if it's a product in a space that we review, we probably won't accept payment from you. Yeah. Um, if for some reason it's in a whole nother category and it's like a video we can just talk about some features on, we'll think about it. But you yeah. guys have watched the channel for a long time. We very rarely do sponsored stuff. Yeah. Um, Another thing some people like to ask about is like an event, maybe there's an event in California or something, or they want to bring you out there to see a new product. Uh, do they pay for your flight or your hotel, your travel or anything? Because they do do that with some people. Some mm -hmm. other, I guess there's YouTubers and, and journalists who will accept like travel payments or whatever. I also don't do that. So mm -hmm. not that it matters and not that it would change the way I talk about a product. Yeah. But I also always, we always book our own flights and we'll fly out and lose money every time. But that's just kind of the way it goes. Yeah, uh, we, we have to make sure the hotel is as close to in and out as possible. And exactly. They and none just of don't them, provide with- They're never willing to work with us on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, we, we usually get uh, close to an airport and in and out and travel pretty light. So yeah. yeah, that's how it goes. I have one from Neil. That's a question for Andrew. Okay. Have you had a look at the new Google Stadia coming out? And if so, what do you think about it? So I have a couple thoughts on Stadia. I'm really not that excited about it because I think latency is going to be a, a way bigger issue than they they think it's going to be okay. or than they think it isn't going to be an issue with. Um, I think it's like 60 milliseconds is the estimated latency on it, which is not good. That's really bad. That's a lot. I think, yeah. Uh, most like gaming monitors are like a one MS delay and like uh, a good ping right now is like 20 to 60. So you, and to think about that, you're adding that on top of your ping mm -hmm. or is it your ping? I don't know. Either way, that looks bad. One of the ways they're trying to fix the solution is by some sort of AI that's learning ask how, that. you, how you play so it can guess the buttons you're gonna press before you press them. Yeah. I think I made a tweet about this a little while ago. It's like, if it's just gonna predict how I'm gonna play, at what point is it gonna get so bad that I'm just not even playing anymore? And it's turning into like, choose your own story adventure or I'm just watching Netflix. Like you just video games are just turned into a movie at this point. You just look at the keyboard and it just aims a headshot for that's, you. That's a, actually this like big issue in the gaming world is it's much harder to aim on controllers. So a lot of console-based shooters have a little bit of an aim assist. Okay. So like, because there's no way you can rotate someone's like crosshair on a controller as fast as you can like whip a mouse across a key, uh, a trackpad or a mouse pad, sorry. Yeah. So there's a little bit of aim assist. So what people have been doing is they've been finding ways to plug a keyboard and mouse into a console. So now they're getting the advantage of keyboard mouse with added aim assist. Wow. I think Destiny 2 like, had a huge, huge issue with that when they first released, and that's a big issue. I think the theory behind all of it is really great, kind of like NVIDIA GeForce Now, where it's like you can play these high demanding games when you don't have the resources to put into a computer or a console that can run it. That's the dream. Yeah, that ultimately what they're doing is great for gaming, and I think for a lot of single player games it'll be great, but I'm the kind of play person who mostly only plays multiplayer games, and latency just absolutely kills the experience for I think, competitive multiplayer. Okay, competitive I think is yeah, the key word. I exactly. think this is gonna be, this has the potential in a dream world to be awesome for a lot of casual gamers exactly. who don't necessarily care as much about the latency, might not even notice yeah. any delay. 
Um, but still at the the higher end and competitive gaming, you're going to see people who just don't use Stadia. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think in a dream world, they're, they're aiming for like the middle 70% of people who are yeah. just playing whatever. So I'm not the best person to ask if I'm excited. <laughs> I, I think it'll, it'll be great. That's what I should say. All right. Not we'll for see. me. It'll be great. All right. We're going to do last question here. Which two flagships of this year would you want to combine to give rise to the best phone you could possibly have right now? Two flagships. So I thought I, I think about this all the time, but for me, I think it would be somewhere between, I think the easy answer is, hold on. I could go iPhone 11 Pro and Pixel 4, but I'm debating if I want to go. Yeah, I'm going to go iPhone 11 Pro okay. and OnePlus 7 Pro. And then tell us what you want. From right, your- okay. So I want the camera from the iPhone 11 Pro mm-hmm. because I, I can't get the Pixel. Actually, okay, here. Here's what I'll do. Sure. Take the OnePlus 7 Pro, everything about it. Mm-hmm. But then replace that 90 hertz curved screen with a 90 hertz flat screen, right? So I'm like combining the refresh rate of the OnePlus okay, with you're the really flatness. combining. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm like stirring the pot, but I want the flat screen okay. and the iPhone kind of does that for me. Uh, but still 90 hertz, 1440p OLED from the OnePlus 7 Pro. Mm-hmm. Then give me the camera set and that image processing pipeline from the iPhone. Replace the whole camera set from the OnePlus 7 Pro. Okay. Then uh, give me the battery life and optimization from the iPhone, but the fast charging of the OnePlus 7 Pro. And that's it. Do you just get wireless charging from? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I kind of got used to just having fast charging and using it all the okay. time. But if you, yes, you're right. iPhone does have wireless charging, so toss that in there too. Yeah. All right. I think I'm gonna go a little different route and I'm just going, okay. We've talked about this before. Pixel 4 had a lot of comments about it. I actually had an issue with my three. Yeah. So I jumped onto the four for now. I'm trying it out. It's all right. Mm, that's a lukewarm I, take. Yeah. <laughs> I really like, I was very excited for it. And there's a lot of things I like about it. There's still just battery issues and just general like specs that aren't. Have you really forced 90 hertz? Probably not. I haven't okay. yet. Um, I probably could because. I haven't really spent that. That's the thing. I haven't spent too many days where I haven't been at my desk at some point where it can get thrown on a charger and yeah. be okay. So battery life hasn't been an issue for me yet. We'll find that out soon because I'm going on my honeymoon in like two weeks where mm. I will have very little time no to charger. charge it. Yeah. yeah. So, but other than that, if I had to combine another phone with the, I, I'm doing this in the sense of I'm trying to make the Pixel 4 as good as possible. Okay. I'm going to take everything about the Pixel 4 it's software, it's camera. You know, I can force 90 hertz if I do this and I'm gonna take the ROG phone two specs mm. and just throw it into the Pixel. So now I have a, what, 5,000 milliamp hour battery. You have a 6,000 milliamp hour Such- battery now. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, sorry. That's insane. <laughs> I keep forgetting about that. Yeah, and then what? 12 gigs of RAM or something You get, something the, like you get that. the new chip. You get the A55 plus mm-hmm. that the Pixel doesn't have. You get, yeah, 12 gigs of RAM. You get you get UFS 3.0 storage, which the Pixel doesn't have. Mm-hmm. You get the huge battery, which the Pixel doesn't have. You get front-facing speakers if you want them. Yeah, like I would be okay with I'm narrowing okay with this the... bezel down a little bit and having the little more of a bottom bezel. I still really, the forehead looks so much worse. I put a case on mine. Like, yeah. do you see this? It's even more exaggerated. Yeah, the forehead looks so bad when you're adding another like couple millimeters of, yeah. of top black from rubber. the case. Mm-hmm. Still not a huge fan of that. Yeah. But as but far then, as using the phone, like 
gestures I've gotten kind of used to. Swiping from the side, I'm still not a huge fan of. I found like swiping through an album or like Instagram stories. Yeah, I I got I used to swipe from the side, so now every time I just go, go back by accident instead yeah. of going through a story. They really need to PSA Google. You, they really need to customize that gesture to be only left or only right because yeah, I will swipe through albums and accidentally swipe from the edge and mm-hmm. go back to. I do the same thing. But other than that, 120 hertz. Yeah, 120 hertz. Oh yeah, I wouldn't even have to force 90 hertz with yeah. the big battery because I would just have just lock it at 120. Hertz. Yep. Yeah. Okay, I like that move. Cool. Keep it the same size though. It's just I mean, like it's gonna the, be thick. The steroid Pixel Four, <laughs> juiced up Pixel yeah. Four. I like it. I like it. Okay. Uh, all right. I think that's a good place to end it. We've got a bunch of talk. We got the embargoes. We got the Q and A. We got our new tech. We got our content of the week and new channel shoutouts. The show notes will be full with anything you want to check out for what we talked about this week. I'm sure there's some good stuff in there. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of stuff. There's I got some to nuggets put in there. for sure. Um, that's been it. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you guys soon. Waveform was made in partnership with Studio 71, and our intro outro music was created by Cameron Barlow. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.